This episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Motherly Love. Lachlan, why are you being a doctor? Um, your dad's a proud engineer. You need to continue the family line and you're out here telling jokes about penises. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report. It is Friday the 12th of November 2021, Dom Knight, Gabby Bolt and Charles Firth on the day after some massive news at Glasgow. Something actually happened. What? At the climate conference. Hell yeah. What happened? There was a deal mm. between the US and China. Even though they've been sniping at each other for months, mm. their climate negotiators actually came up with a plan to genuinely do something wow. to address the existential threat of carbon. Can't hang, hang on, is this some sort of satirical, sort of sarcastic bit that you're doing, Dom? It, it should be, but it's not. <laughs> they've both really? realised. And really? Look, if you live in China where the air is just regularly clouded yes. with smog, you might actually realise that this is a serious thing. So supposedly they're actually going to put their economic muscle behind rapid decarbonisation, developing new technologies and all this shit. Okay, so what's the catch? What is the catch? Well, the catch is Australia... Uh, tried very hard before this. Di- so this came out yesterday morning and absolutely blindsided Scott Morrison. Oh, yeah. Because until that point, the Australian team had been doing everything they could to water down the declaration. Mm. Mm. So they were kind of going, oh, let's not go that far. Or maybe don't commit to that much. And then just from out of nowhere, the world's two most powerful countries were just like, actually, we're fucking doing this. We're in lockstep. Wow. And Scott Morrison was left having just made a speech where he said, you know, you don't really need to have governments do anything um, because <laughs> capitalism is going to solve it. Oh, capitalism. Oh, that yes. old, it's that done, old chestnut. It's done so well so far on the, <laughs> the whole climate change thing. Whereas, in fact, it's probably the communism of China that's <laughs> going to solve it. And so he, he argued technology would fix it so he didn't have to. Mm. Capitalism mm. would fix it. Mm. So, and now he's just going to say, well, China and America are fixing it. We don't have to do anything. Uh. It's all sorted. I'm amazed every day that that man's married. He has such a problem making a commitment to literally anything. Like I genuinely, I wonder how that proposal went. I wonder if Scott was like, oh, Jen, oh, look, we don't have to get married. Can you just imagine when, when Jenny says, look, we've got some issues to talk about, Scott. You're never here. I'm doing all the parenting. And he's just like, don't worry. Capitalism will fix yeah. it. Technology <laughs> will come in. I don't hold a nappy, mate. I thought Scott Morrison was trying to water down the final declaration. Does this mm. mean that, <laughs> that Australia is now pitted against not just China anymore, but also China and America. Good place to be. Is that, like, who are our allies left? Like, who? France, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not France. I'm pretty sure that who else in the world? Saudi Arabia, very keen to halt progress uh, towards decarbonisation. Kazakhstan, I know. I think Indonesia, pretty keen to keep burning coal. Yep. Yep. Okay. So basically they've committed to capping global temperature rises to 1.5. They've actually said, oh, we're wow. going to do this. I mean, this is great. Don't they understand that they can just say, oh, it's the American way or the Chinese way and they don't have to do anything? Yes, that's what they should have done. Leave it to technology. Yes. Sounds like they're actually going to plan to develop this, the technology that does this. Mm. Hang on a sec. Is Scott Morrison right? I mean. What? What? <laughs> that China and America are just that China and America are just going to develop the technology that solves this. Yes. Oh, because so God forbid we innovate, right? Like Morrison God forbid we right. fund science and we fund technology use in this country. That's yeah, the way it's always been. Because it's right. It is true. Because if you drop all your clothes on the ground, <laughs> Jenny picks it up, and and you don't have to do anything about it. I don't hold a dirty laundry <laughs> basket, mate. On today's show, we'll update you on Xander's mission to see a gazillion films at the film festival, and I think he's now organising the after party or something. 
He also hasn't slept in two weeks. Plus, we've got another round of fiction or furphy. It's all coming up after we check in with Rebecca De Unamuno in the Chaser Newsroom. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Scott Morrison has announced plans for a $500 million investment into climate action through Carbon Thoughts and Prayers technology. This comes just days after the PM's announcement of a $500 million investment into carbon capture technology, which experts say is an equally worthwhile investment. Scott Morrison has accused Anthony Albanese of being a stooge for China. The Prime Minister has said that if he wanted to be a stooge for a corrupt, warmongering, meddling foreign superpower, he should just stick with the US. The group behind the Pet Picks for Plants campaign have apologised for the unexpected success of their social media campaign. The sheer amount of trees planted in the last seven days has caused a worldwide ecological collapse as roots tear through buildings and condemn humanity to its leafy doom. That's the latest headlines from The Chaser Report. I'm Rebecca Dayunamuno, and I for one welcome our topiary overlords. Today's episode of The Chase Report is brought to you by Motherly Love. Wait! Mum! Come back! I don't know how it can go on. One of our team, Xander, has a very ambitious program to go to 36 movies at the Sydney Film Festival. Yesterday we had a chat with Nishan Moodley, the director of the film festival, and that also took on the task of organising, what was it, the closing night parties? Yeah, the after party, I think, now. It's a big 12 days, Dom. Are you just going to do, like, more movie screenings so you can get to 40? Is that going to be the party? Well, it's kind of hard, right? Because there are... I'm reaching the point now that I'm calling breaking point, like... It's, if it's a decision between a 9am sleep-in and a movie that's rated 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> I'm leaning hard towards the sleep-in, you know? Mm. You're looking haggard, Xander. If I'm, yeah. And you're a young man, so it takes a lot for a 20-year-old to look z- haggard, I'm thinking. I'm like 20-something movies in now. Mm. It's deep. It's deep in the challenge. <laughs> and Xander, it's four movies a day. Like, it's not that hard. Yeah. You just have to sit down. Yeah, but it's not like four... <laughs> exciting zinger movies a day. You can't do June every single day. It's like a June one every three days and then long, slow, art-hout pieces about how your grandmas died constantly. What did you expect from a film festival? (laughs) It's not all going to be soft porn. I mean, a lot of it's going to be soft porn, but it's not all going to be. It started off so well. In the first few days, we had people fucking cars. We had mermaids. (laughs) Hang on, wait. Wait, hold hold on a second. Hold up. Wait a second. I'm sorry. Multiple people fucking cars? No, just the one person fucking and getting into that. Was it a French movie? Yeah, it was. It was I have a question about where. Physically, the, yeah. the logistics. How do you fuck a car? Of the gear stick. The gear stick. Oh, not the tailpipe. Okay. No. No, no it's, it's a, a woman. woman. It was a woman. Yeah, she got impregnated by the car. No, it's a very moving metaphor for abuse, and the cars are representative of men that she treats and discards and okay. mechanically has. It's a great mm. film. But right. what, what brand of car was it? Does that matter? No. Does it matter? A whole lot of cars. A hot rod and a fire truck. Okay. Like just... Because you couldn't do it with an electric vehicle because they don't have a gear stick. Somehow I feel like men shouldn't be discussing this film. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, it feels like there's a really serious point to this that we're completely missing. Charles just over here like, what gear stick is it? <laughs> Fantastic film. I recommend anyone see it. 13 people fainted during the screening. Amazing. Incredible. But, you know. Were you there for the one with 13 people? Yeah. Oh, yep. Well, was that because of you? Because like, you were very smelly the other That's day true. when you came in. You didn't you've been watch in between movies. You've yeah. been running between movies. Oh, yeah. I've done so many laps across the city. I've had to get from Cremorne to Randwick in like 25 minutes. It's, it's just a <laughs> trek. You, tell you what, if, if you were getting it on with a car, <laughs> probably help. Get there faster. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the best film you've seen? What's been the highlight? June was really good last night. Um, Tatane was incredible. Um, oh. So wait a minute. June, June with the giant worms. Everything's a phallic symbol at this festival. Yeah, and, and can you actually see June? Because there's lots of versions of June on... On iTunes and the new one was the out. New one, it? new one. Is it out yet in cinemas? It or? comes out in c- cinemas next month, December. Right. Okay. Because I think I accidentally bought some ripoff of Dune called Dune something else. Dune. No, you probably either bought David Lynch's Dune, which came out in the eighties. Yeah, it was shit. Or you bought the documentary called Yeah, that was Jaredovsky's Dune. Which we're is literally about, like down a wormhole at this point. Okay. Anyway, so. out of the sand wormhole. Um, Tatane was good. A Fire Inside, who we're, t- we're talking to the director of that in a few days, was fantastic. King Richard, which was about the Williams sister's father, was really good. And then The Worst Person in the World, which is this Danish comedy, is incredibly funny, and I would recommend it to everyone. It's very good. What's the strangest thing you've seen on the, on the screen besides car sex? Oh, I just want to get a sense of the weird, because that's always the best bit. Um, you know, car sex is definitely up there. There was a few, there was this film called Zola, which was about a stripper going on a road trip, which was really weird. Oh, that's a film based on a tweet stream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 15 different tweets. And that was definitely experience. Um, kind of a more fun film was Blind Ambition, which was about the first, I think, Zimbabwe wine tasting team. I want to make (laughs) a film about the Ozpol Twitter stream. I think I would rather actually have sex with a car than watch that film, Charles. <laughs> okay. But I've met a whole slew of fascinating people, right? There was the lady the other day who was very proudly showing everyone the fact she'd snuck wine into the state theatre in her coffee cup. Can oh, relate. Pro tip. Mm. Yeah, myself, I've snuck in grilled and Oporto <laughs> into the state theatre. And I also met these Tom Cruise super fans. No way. Night. Were they what? jumping on the chair? No, they were They were standing outside the State Theatre. They were very formally dressed in suits mm. and they were offering free personality tests, right? Mm. And they came up to me oh. and they were like, would you like a free free personality test? Oh, and I I've saw their name page and I was like, oh my God, are you guys the Tom Cruise people? And they were like, yes, we are the Tom Cruise people. And I thought, fantastic. What is your favourite Tom Cruise film? And they're like, there's a lot of Tom Cruise films. And I was like, you can't be in the Tom Cruise group without having a favourite Tom Cruise movie, yeah, right? I suppose that's true. And she goes, oh, Oh, well, I, I only know the Chinese names for them. I was like, describe it. I've seen a lot of Tom Cruise movies. And she goes, oh, Mission Impossible 7. Uh, uh, the seventh one? It's a good film, but I was I was a bit 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 sad that her favourite Tom Cruise movie one was a most recent one yeah. and not a deep dive like Magnolia or what? A Few Good Men. Poor Xander. He's watched so many movies that he can't tell Scientology personality <laughs> test people. So, Xander, you've been set the task of... Uh, running the after party on the last night of the film festival by the director of the film festival. Yeah. Where are you planning to hold it? The big problem is I've been looking at venues. The problem is Sydney closes at like 9 o'clock on a Sunday night. So 
Well, I'm contacting bars, but at the moment we may just be stuck with the Maccas. Oh, yeah. you know what? You know where never closes? This office. This office. office. Yeah. yeah. Tell them it's like an indie bar, <laughs> and by indie bar, there's one bar fridge, and there's you just, just stock <laughs> it with like whatever fucking free beer we get from a sponsor from Lachlan at some point. Either that. And tell them to come here. Or just go to Parramatta Road, break into a car yard, and everyone can have their own fun. Oh, a 4G. Oh, come on. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Time for another Fiction or Furphy. This is a segment where Charles tells a story and our panel of Gabby and Alexa this time have to tell us whether it is fiction, completely made up, or a Furphy, which is fundamentally true, but a bit exaggerated. Are we ready? Sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Charles, crack one, tell one. Okay, so this one was during the period where I was actually writing a book called American Hoax, and a friend of mine rang me and said, look, there's this CIA guy in town... He needs a bit of entertaining. Can you take him out or something like that? You you know about America. He knows about America. You know, like he's in town for a day. We need to give him something to do, right? And so I actually t- took him to the Golden Century Chinese restaurant, which um, actually just closed the other day because of the pandemic. But it's a very famous Chinese restaurant in Chinatown in Sydney. And I'll tell you what, the guy knew how to talk. Like Literally, we arrived there at about 1pm. <laughs> Literally 10 p.m., 11 p.m., we're still there. Like, we do a 12-hour lunch, right? It was just unbelievable. It went late into lunch. I actually got my wife. I rang my wife at about, at about 6 p.m. and said, you've got to get down here. This guy is amazing. He just had yarn after yarn after yarn. And not just sort of like all the stuff he'd done as a Green Beret and blah, blah, blah. But it was also things like, oh, yeah, and then I helped out on this Hollywood movie set. But, you know, it's like confirming all the things that we think are true about the CIA's involvement in Hollywood. It was just an amazing night, right? And then got to the end of the night and he goes, look, I understand, you know, you're writing a book about America. I've got this wad of documents that I'm trying to leak about how actually, you know, the military industrial complex are pretending to, they're buying old oil rigs, putting them up near Papua New Guinea. And then it's like a pump and dump scheme. They sell to investors the idea that they're drilling oil in Papua New Guinea, and it's not true, and it's a complete fraud. Do you want these documents? This is a scoop. This could make your career. And I went, oh, yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) So, And he said, but the thing is, I leave at 9 a.m. the next morning. You've got to give them back to me. So you get them photocopied, but then get them back to me by 9 a.m. at my hotel, right? So I take them, go home, I go, okay, I'll wake up early and photocopy them and get them back to him. And I just sleep. I just sleep like it was a huge night. I slept in. I go to the hotel like several hours late. He's gone. I have no idea how to contact him ever again. So I had this document that was all secret and classified that I was not allowed to have. I didn't know what to do with it. I sat on it for years, right? And then years later, I, I see in this very prestigious magazine called Harper's Magazine the write-up of that story. Like it was true. It was all true. And I, I missed the scoop of my life. Hmm. Charles has potentially a massive international groundbreaking scoop-getting journalist. I'm not sure myself. What do we think, fiction or furphy? Who wants to go first? Let's go to Gabby. Uh, uh, Fiction. I don't know why. (laughs) 
I think the idea of a 12-hour lunch already lost me. <laughs> that was the implausible part. Yeah. Everything else seemed fairly plausible, but the, yeah. the 12-hour lunch. Yeah, it's not the 80s. It's very, it's very delicious food at the Golden Century. That's yes. true. It's great advertising for a different company. Anybody <laughs> from the Golden Century wants to sponsor us. Alexa, what, what do you think? Um, I've got multiple issues with this story. I'm sorry, this cannot be true. First off, I, I mean... I was kind of just worried that Charles misunderstood a bit of innuendo. Like, I'm sure a CIA agent can take care of himself in America, but no, he needs Charles to look after him all day. I feel like Charles just didn't really understand what his purpose there was. Another thing, I mean, I what what was your book called? It was it American Hoax? American Hoax, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I just, I think that's too dumb of a name for even Charles to use, you know? Like, it sounds like a derivative, like Michael Moore knockoff. Or if it is true, I'm very sorry, but like, <laughs> it's not. That bit's it's true. Fuck you. That bit's fuck definitely you. true. You <laughs> know that's true. You <laughs> know that. Because there's heaps of unsold copies of lying around the office. That's Damn, Alexa, <laughs> read a bitch. Um, the last bit was that someone else got the scoop. I just don't know how dumb this CIA agent is. He gives it to you. You don't give it back. He's lost these documents. He's like, you know, I'm just going to give it to another journalist. Like, what what could go wrong? So you both say fiction, know. Charles. The answer is... It was a furphy. It was oh. basically true. Like, the only thing is i did eventually manage to find an address for him in la and i i express posted it back to him like a few weeks later so i didn't actually hold on to the documents forever oh. i photocopied them first but um american hoax i thought it was american jokes no american hoax is a great name that's, really, <laughs> that's awesome yeah Shut good up. save that good saved book. you charles wins again it's been fiction or furphy furphy unbelievable planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of The Chaser Report brought to you by Motherly Love. Oh, oh, my mum's calling me. Hello. Hi, Gabby. I'm just ringing to say how proud I am of you. I love you to the moon and back. What you're doing with comedy is so wonderful. I'm really, really, really proud of you. Oh, and by the way, you're back in the will. Oh, goody. Before we go, it's time to check in with the reviews. Nope. Oh, what? Nope. What? Uh, nope. Don't what? want to check in with the reviews. Why? What? You asked for this. No, I didn't. You uh, said Charles be mean, said, but give it five stars. Well, that was before Charles said be mean to Dom. Oh. I like this one from Quinoth. Uh, it's five stars and it's titled Some Bad Guess. This podcast is generally good. It's nice. <laughs> good review. But sometimes they have guests on like Craig Rucastle who is genuinely funny and it breaks the general tone of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Charles Firth is, however, rapidly improving. See? And now nearly knows the name of their equipment provider and publisher. Five stars. So that's nice. That's a good one. What about this one? Absolute trash from Katie EFFD. Get rid of the old interns forever. Nice. We didn't even pay her to say that. that, Was that written by an intern? No, it literally wasn't. I I can can guarantee you that wasn't written by one of us. Oh, this is a good one. From Grumpy Old Bloke. (laughs) The old stars of the young... The stars of the young kids. Five stars. As a long-time Chaser fan, may I suggest you employ more of the wonderful new generation Let Them Shine. Potty-mouthed old fellas like us 
We've had our days in the sun. Time for us to shut up and listen. I think he's talking to us, Dom. Nice work. I don't listen nice to him. Nice work. I'm in my work. 40s. I know everything. So this one says, it's all right. Five stars <laughs> from Jimmy Hee. At the helm of this podcast is what can only be described as Australia's <laughs> Z-grade <laughs> Z-grade version of Hamish and Andy. The Hamish is Charles, a man who sounds just like that one bloke who's perpetually drunk at the pub, sitting alone in a corner rambling to himself and giving long-winded, unsolicited life advice to anyone who is unlucky enough to walk near. I think the that's fair. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping him on track is his Andy and significantly less funny is his counterpart, Tom, oh. who has had the personality you would expect from someone who has a doctorate in the literary field. Yeah, they've also recently started to pad out their oh they come for me too no they've also started to recently pad out their 20 minutes with the addition of Andrew Bolt's daughter who's constant I'm a millennial and you're all old and out of touch jokes easily make the time now, hang on a sec you're not allowed to call us old and out of touch and then blame Gabby for pointing it out that's ridiculous <laughs> the show does improve when they bring on more successful people like the suspiciously way too polite Mark Humphreys Nina who yabbers like she's just done a line at the, of gas station cocaine yeah. and the one, the one much more successful friend who just can't escape his old high school buddies, Craig Rucastle. Worth it if you've got nothing else to do. Five stars. Oh, come on. That's all, I'm going to put that on my epitaph. <laughs> I think like I'm going to print that one and frame it and pop it in this office. Yeah. Jimmy, hey, 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 do you want a job on, <laughs> on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. And some good feedback on the yeah, on the two episodes a day. Because I don't think we should do two episodes a day. Yeah, but and, you, your fun thing to do is, is just ignore the thing that we do. But, but everyone seems to support he doesn't day. want way more listens in the course two, of a day. Two a day of anything is good. I think it's cheating. I think we're cheating. Well, why don't we do two review segments a day? <laughs> okay. I think it's time to go. Our gear is from Acast nope. Crowders Network. You fucked it. And Road microphones. And we are supported by the Road Microphones Crowders Network. What the fuck? <laughs> Shut up, Hamish. 